Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with the speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. Faithful Indian companion Toto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Two men shared a room in Ma Hank's hotel in Modoc City. A self-styled colonel with a non-existent Civil War record, Owen Dodge was heavy-set and pompous. His moon-shaped face was adorned with sandy-colored mutton-chop whiskers, which served as an excellent disguise. For Dodge's actual record had been written years ago in the books of the New York Police Department, where he was wanted for murder. The colonel's partner was Amos Harlan, a tall, lean, leathery-skinned man. The colonel polished a pair of gold-rimmed spectacles as he grinned at his partner. Amos, if all goes well, we'll soon leave Modoc City with plenty of cash. I'm not so sure of that. I am. Our landlady keeps a small fortune in her office safe. How do you know? It was open when I went to the office this morning to pay our bill for last week. Before Mrs. Hanks closed it, I saw the money inside. Furthermore, Amos, I made inquiries about her at the newspaper and some other places in town. I learned that her husband is wealthy, 
a New York lawyer who came here to live and married her. He's out of town right now. He went east about a month ago, and he isn't back yet. So she has money of her own, and she married more. That's right. She's an ideal prospect for our railroad stock. We might not be able to uh, pull the wheel over her husband's eyes, but it'll be easy to fool her. Mm-hmm. Well, don't you agree? Might be easier to rob the safe. And have the law on our heels before we can get out of town? And not me, thanks, Amos. I propose to talk Mrs. Hank out of her money. And by the time she realizes she's been swindled, we'll be far away from Modoc City. That doesn't mean we'll be in the clear. Then? I've been doing some investigating myself, Colonel. Hmm. And I found out that my Hank and her husband, Homer, are good friends of the Lone Ranger. <coughs> the Lone Ranger? I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought the news would change your style. That masked man's double-barreled poison to anyone on the wrong side of the law. And if he finds out we swindled his friends, well, I reckon you know what that'd mean. Yes. We'd be lucky to get over the jail term. And you might hang if he finds out you're wanted for murder. That murder was committed years ago. That doesn't make the law any less anxious to put a rope around your neck. There's not a chance I'd be recognized. These whiskers and my glasses have changed my appearance completely. And uh, <clears throat> I've added um, weight since then, too. Yeah, without the glass and the whiskers, you wouldn't look much different than you did. Nonsense. The authorities have forgotten all about me. They gave up the search long ago. The law never forgets a murder, Colonel. You're not in the clear yourself, Amos. I may be wanted in the East, but you're wanted in the Southwest. I'm not wanted for murder. That's because you never left any witnesses to identify you. <laughs> that makes me smarter than you were. Are you losing your nerve? Why let the thought of a masked man panic you at this stage of the game? I don't want to go to jail. We've sold a lot of worthless stock without being caught. We can get away with it once more. Just what do you mean, once more? We've been dealing in petty change. Taking a couple of hundred dollars here and there. But Mrs. Hank is different from the small ranchers, homesteaders, and storekeepers we've cheated. She has real money. Yeah, those ranchers and homesteaders didn't know the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger can't do anything to us once we're across the border. Oh, so you're planning to go to Mexico. Yes, and I'm going to take a lot of more Hank's money with me. If you don't want to share the profits, it's all right with me. I'll pull the deal alone. I'll stick with you, Colonel, but I sure hope we don't meet that masked man. Forget him. As far as we know, the Lone Ranger's nowhere near Modoc City. The two confidence men didn't know that the Lone Ranger's teenage nephew occupied a room across the hall to await the arrival of the masked man and Tonto. While he waited, Dan spent a great deal of time with a fun-loving and mischievous orphan boy whose own age and named Inky, who had been adopted by the newspaper editor... As Dan entered the newspaper office late that afternoon, he didn't see Inky. He called. Inky! I'm back in the storeroom. Come on back, Dan. What are you doing? I'm supposed to clear this place out. It's filled with old newspapers from all parts of the country. Tom wants me to stack them in chronological order. Top one's dated 1859. Some of them are a lot older than that. Say, when's the Lone Ranger coming to town to meet you? Oh, I don't know. He just said he'd come to Modoc City after he and Tano made peace between two Indian tribes in the hills north of here. Oh, what are you reading, Dan? I was just looking at the front page of this old New York paper. 
Here's a picture of a man who was wanted for murder. Let's see. They reproduced an artist's sketch of the killer. He doesn't look like a murderer. <laughs> All murderers don't look alike, Inky. Let's change the looks of this one. Hand me the pencil, Dan. Here. Thanks. Hey, what are you doing? I'm giving this gent a set of whiskers. I saw a picture of an actor once with mutton-chop whiskers, like this. He was a stuck-up-looking critter, an earl or a duke or something. You mean Lord Dundrury? <laughs> That's a good name for him. <laughs> well, that was the name of the character in the play. The famous actor Mr. Sutherland created the role. I'll add a pair of specs, like this. There. Now take a look at the killer, Dan. That's what the actor looked like. He's a funny-looking feller, isn't he? Gosh, Inky. Those whiskers make that man look like one of Ma Hank's guests. Huh? Uh, Colonel Dodge is staying at the hotel. He has whiskers like those, and he wears glasses, too. I know who you mean, Dan. He was in the newspaper office this week, asking a lot of questions about Ma Hank and Uncle Homer. He's an Easterner. He talks and dresses like one. He's a plenty high and muddy. Kept calling me boy. Wanted me to run errands for him. Did you? No, I didn't like him. Say, maybe he's the same man. Maybe he's the killer. Oh, he couldn't be. That murder was committed a long time ago. I'll look up later issues of the paper to see if he was ever caught. If he escaped... You're jumping to conclusions, Inky. Lone Ranger always says a man's innocent until he's proved guilty. Old newspaper picture isn't proof. No, but it... Uh-oh. Tom's wife is signaling me. I promised to be home on time for supper. I've got to hurry, Dan. I'll see you later. I'll come over to the hotel and play a couple of games of checkers with you tonight. Fine. So long, Inky. So long. When Dan returned to the hotel, he went to his room to wash his face and hands. Then he presented himself in the hotel dining room for dinner. As he waited for his meal to be served, Colonel Dodge and Amos Harlan entered and seated themselves at a nearby table. Still thinking of the newspaper picture, Dan studied the colonel closely. The colonel noticed Dan's interest in him. He leaned toward his partner and murmured, Why is that confounded boy staring at me? Hmm? Oh, boy. He's at the table near the window. No. Do you know who he is? Yeah. His name is Dan Reed. I've seen him around the hotel. There's a room across the hall from us. He's been staring at me ever since we came in. Uh, why worry about a youngster's curiosity, Colonel? I dislike curiosity. Forget it. Enjoy your meal. Man, I haven't tasted food like this since I was a kid. My Hank is certainly a good cook. I've made arrangements to talk to her and her husband late tonight about the railroad stocking. I uh, think we'll be able to close the deal tonight or uh, tomorrow morning. Well, the sooner we get her money and get out of town, the better I like it. At 7 o'clock that evening, Inky came to Dan's room in the hotel. He brought a checkerboard and checkers with him, as well as the front page of the New York paper that featured the picture and the story of the murderer that the boys had talked about. As he unfolded the tear sheet, Inky said, Dan, I went back to the office after supper to try to find out more about this killer. There was a later edition in this storeroom saying that the feller escaped. Did the law ever catch him? Not as far as I know. Tom's paper skipped a year after that. Maybe he dropped his subscription for a year or something. Where's the colonel's room? He's in the room right across the hall from me. Why? Let's put this picture and story on his door. We can put the whole page there. It'll be fun to see what he does about it. No, Inky, we can't do that. Why not? I think it'd be a good joke. You'll get into trouble one of these days with your jokes, Inky. Let's get out the checkers and see who wins the next game. 
Two hours later, Inky left Dan's room. The irrepressible boy stood in the hall for a moment, studying the closed door of the colonel's room. Beneath the door, he could see a narrow strip of light. Old mutton chops must be inside. Inky took the tear sheet out of his pocket and unfolded it once more. In spite of the fact that Dan disapproved of the idea, Inky could not resist the temptation to play a joke on the colonel. He tore a hole in the sheet near the top of the paper. Then he fitted the page over the doorknob, rattled the doorknob, and ran down the hall to the stairs. By the time the colonel opened his door to investigate, Inky was on his way out the front door of the hotel. Anyone out there, colonel? I don't see a soul, Amos. Maybe they're in the hall. The doorknob wouldn't have rattled if someone hadn't hit. Amos. Uh, what's the matter? Look, he fastened to the doorknob. What, the front page of an old tribune? Amos, look at that picture. What a great. Hey, Colonel, it's you. Yes. And the headline over the picture says, Wanted for Murder. Close the door before someone hears this. Yeah. It says, John Black of this city is wanted for the brutal murder I of... can read, Amos. Well, Colonel, looks like your new name and your whisker disguise weren't enough to fool the law. Yes, someone penciled those whiskers on that picture. Well, it's your picture, all right, no doubt of that. Yes. But who could have penetrated my disguise? Who could have guessed my identity? You sure you didn't see anyone in the hall when you opened the door? I saw no one. Then whoever put that paper on the door must have gotten away mighty fast. Wait a minute, Amos. What? Perhaps the culprit didn't get away. What do you mean? He may have opened the door of his room across the hall, fastened this to our door, then quickly closed his own door before we had a chance to discover him. Are you talking about that youngster across the hall? Yes. You saw him staring at me in the dining room tonight. Yeah. I knew something more than idle curiosity prompted his interest. Just look at that picture, Amos. Those whiskers were obviously penciled by a youngster. I admit it looks like the work of a kid, all right. It's the work of Dan Reed. Come on. We must find out if anyone else knows my identity. How do you plan to find that out? I'll get the answer from Dan Reed. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger adventure. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
Now to continue. A few minutes later, Amos Harlan knocked on the door of Dan's room. Hello. You're Dan Reed, aren't you? Well, that's right, Mr. Harlan, Amos Harlan. Is anyone in your room? No. Why? My partner and I'd like to talk to him. How about stepping into our room right across the hall? Well, I... Look, I, I don't have time to palaver, Dan. Step into our room and move fast. What's the idea of a gun? You walk ahead of me or I'll crack your head with a gun barrel and carry out. All right. That's better. The door's unlocked. Just turn the handle and walk in. Here he is, Colonel. Good work, Amos. Now keep him covered while I ask the question. Right. Now then, young man, what was the idea of putting that old newspaper page in our door? Newspaper page? Do you deny penciling these whiskers on this picture? Oh, so he did leave it on your door. Who's working with you? I don't know what you mean. Who put you up to this trick? Who besides you has penetrated my disguise? Disguise? There's no use playing dumb. We know you're wise to the colonel. But I now don't... Now be sensible and tell us if anyone else knows about that murder. I can't tell you anything. You are making a mistake, boy. If I have to, I'll gun whip the truth out of you. Take it easy, Colonel. We can't start a ruckus in the hotel. Someone will hear us. But we can't. We'll have to get the boy out of here. How? We'll start this way. <coughs> Sorry, Dan, but if you're unconscious, you'll be a lot easier to handle. You knocked him out. That's right. We're going to get him out of the hotel. We'll have to gag him, tie his hands and feet, and carry him out the back way. What'll we use to tie him? Cut a couple of lengths from that coil of rope hanging by the window. See, that's a good idea. I always wondered why hotels kept coils of rope near the window. It's a means of escape in case of fire. Well, we take him when we leave here. I'll take him to that old trapper's shack we saw on our way to Modoc City. Yes, I remember the place. It's north of town. That's right. While I'm going there, you better go talk to my Hank. If you can't get the cash room tonight, we'll never get it. Because we can't afford to stay around town any longer. I'll get it. Then I'll join you at the shack. By that time, you should be able to make the boy talk. Colonel Dodge found Ma Hank in the hotel kitchen. As he accepted the big cup of coffee the landlady offered him, the colonel remarked, I hoped to be able to talk to you and your husband this evening, Mrs. Hank. I'm expecting Homer back tonight, Colonel Dodge. Is he out of town? Uh, he was back east on a visit. Well, <laughs> I'll not be in town much longer, Mrs. Hank, and I want to give you an opportunity to buy the stock I told you about before I leave. Now, I'm in a position to offer this stock to a limited number of people. The colonel was a convincing salesman. Ma Hank was about to buy the worthless railroad stock when she heard a light tap on the kitchen window. She opened the door and exclaimed, Great sakes alive, the Lone Ranger. Good evening, Mrs. Henry. And Toto, well, come in, come in. Oh, it's good to see you, Mrs. Henry. When did you get to town? Just a few minutes ago. We stayed off the main street to avoid being seen. Where's Uncle Homer? Ma explained that she expected her husband momentarily and introduced the masked man to the uneasy colonel, who had been nearly paralyzed with fear when the masked man entered the kitchen. Then the Lone Ranger asked for Dan Reed. Ma left the kitchen to call the boy. The colonel hurriedly pushed back his chair. Well, I, I'll go to my room and join my friend, Amos. Honored to have met you and your Indian friend, sir. Good night. Instead of going to his room, the panic-stricken colonel went out the front door of the hotel and rushed to the livery stable. He rented a horse and raced out of town. Get up there! Get up. Meanwhile, Ma Hank was on her way back to the kitchen to report that Dan was not in his room. As the buxom landlady came down the front steps, she saw Inky standing in the doorway looking down the street. 
The mischievous boy was laughing heartily, for he had just seen the colonel racing out of town. Thinking his joke had been a huge success, he was about to go to see Dan when Ma gripped his shoulder. Hey, what? Pinky, where's Dan? In his room. I just came from there. He's gone. Where'd he go? That's just what I want to know. And the Lone Ranger will ask the same question. The Lone Ranger? Is he here? Yep, he's in the kitchen. Now come along, Inky. He'll want to talk to you. In the kitchen, Inky explained to the Lone Ranger that he had not seen Dan since he left his room after the checker game. Where's the colonel? He has the room across the hall from Daniel's. Maybe he heard the lad go out. The colonel left to go to his room. He's not in his room. I saw him riding out of town a few minutes ago, and he was traveling plenty fast. I I figure that newspaper picture scared him so bad, he wanted to get out of town before the the law started after him. Inky stopped abruptly. He hadn't meant to tell Ma Hank about the prank he had played on her guest, but the Lone Ranger picked up the boy's remarks and questioned him at length. Squirming uneasily, Inky confessed what he had done. Inky, I ought to tan your hide for coming into my hotel and tormenting my guests. Gosh, Ma, I'm sorry. I won't do it again. You're doggone right you'll not do it again. Now, Mrs. Henry, if the colonel is innocent, he has nothing to fear. He looked plenty scared when I saw him. He sure was in a hurry to get wherever he was going. Well, he must have left here soon after I went to look for Dan. Yes, he did. I think we'd better question the colonel's friend, Amos. I'll take you to their room. Receiving no answer from Amos Harlan, Ma tried the door. As it opened, Inky entered the room. Ma stopped in the doorway, all but blocking it, when she heard... Great sakes alive, it's Homer. I'm going to see him. While Ma went to greet her husband, the Lone Ranger, Tonto, and Inky surveyed the empty room that had been occupied by the colonel and his partner. The masked man noticed the frayed ends of the fire escape rope. Examining it, he realized that a length had been cut from it. Suddenly, Inky exclaimed, This is it. This is the tear sheet I put in the door. Look at the picture, mister. That feller's a dead ringer for the colonel. As the masked man studied the tear sheet, Ma and Homer entered the room. When the little New York lawyer saw the newspaper page, he recalled the crime it described. He pointed to the picture of the killer and said, There's proof in the police files that John Black was not only a murderer, but a swindler and a thief as well. The man he killed was a client of mine. Unfortunately, Black escaped the law. Was he ever captured? He was never found. He disappeared completely. Then it's possible that Black came to the West, assumed an alias, grew a beard, and... Homer! Did you say that feller was a swindler? That's right, my dear. He sold countless people worthless stock in non-existent gold mines and oil wells. Why, that no-good, double-dealing, triple-twisted polecat. What's wrong? He was trying to sell me railroad stock. Oh, Maud, did you buy it? No, but I might have. I knew he was a crook. I told Dan he was the killer. Mister, there's no doubt in my mind that John Black and this so-called Colonel Dodge are the same man. You may be right, Homer. I'm wondering if there's any connection between the colonel and Dan's disappearance. Inky, was the colonel's partner with him when he left town? No, sir. Old Mutton Chops was alone. He was riding a rented horse... All right, come on. We'll question the man in the livery stable. He'll be able to tell us whether or not Amos Harlan rented a horse. If he did, that means they both left town. At the livery stable, they learned that Amos Harlan had rented a light buckboard as well as a horse. The Lone Ranger's mind raced. He recalled the frayed ends of the rope in the colonel's room and realized that the length cut from it might have been used to tie the hands and feet of a prisoner. 
The buckboard might have been used to take the prisoner out of town. He turned to Toto and said, Come on, Toto. Go back to the hotel to pick up the tracks of that buckboard. Uh-huh. In the brilliant moonlight, the tracks were easy to see. The masked man and his Indian companion mounted. You said me take out easy fella. We'll follow these tracks. And I'll go tell Marshal Jim Fraser about the colonel. When he sees that newspaper picture, he'll go after that crook. Good enough, Homer. When the colonel reached the lighted shack on the edge of town, he saw the buckboard at the side of the old weather-beaten cabin. As he drew rein and dismounted, he wasn't aware of his disheveled and dusty clothing. The fastidious colonel avoided travel by horseback whenever possible. He disliked horses, and as he strode toward the door of the shack, he thought sourly of the long, uncomfortable ride ahead of him. Hey, Mister, I'm here, Colonel. Did you get Ma Hanks' cash? No. Well, why not? Why did? What's happened to you? Yeah. You look like you've been dogging a couple of locoed steers. Where's your hat? I left Where's town your... in a hurry. We've got to keep going. Get set to travel. Where to? To the border as fast as horses will carry us. Well, why? What's the hurry? A lone ranger showed up in town. A lone ranger? At the hotel. Well, what, what... What's more, he's looking for this boy. Good, I'm glad to hear that. Shut up, you sneaking little snooper. If you hadn't mixed into our affairs, we wouldn't be in trouble. And I couldn't get him to talk, Colonel. He admits someone else in town knows about the newspaper story, but he won't mention names. If I had time, I'd make him talk. But come on. The faster we move, the farther we'll be from that masked man. Amos climbed to the seat of the buckboard, and the colonel mounted his rented horse. They were about to start when they saw two riders approaching. As the two horsemen came closer, the colonel recognized them. It's the masked man and Toto. Let him have it, Amos. Shoot him. Kill them both. The Lone Ranger and Toto saw the fugitives reach for their guns. The masked man drew his colts. He fired from the saddle, an instant ahead of the panicked fugitives. Amos and the colonel cried out with pain as silver bullets struck their mark. My arm is busting. My shoulder. My shoulder. Hold it. 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 Keep these two covered while I go get him, Toto. Ah. An hour later, the Lone Ranger, Toto, and Dan reached the outskirts of town with the two prisoners. There they met Marshal Jim Fraser, Ma Hank, Uncle Homer, and Inky. Soon, Amos and the Colonel were behind bars. While the Lone Ranger, Dan, and Toto returned to the hotel to get Dan's clothing packed, Uncle Homer, Ma Hank, and Inky lingered in Marshal Fraser's office. From their cells, the prisoners heard Uncle Homer say, So the colonel has come to the end of the trail. He and Amos will hang at the same time. That's right, Uncle Homer. Amos Harlan, the colonel, will be out of circulation from now on. Marshal, I'll turn state's evidence. I'll tell everything I know about the colonel. Amos, you double-trusted. Oh, you got a coming, colonel. I tried to tell you we should have left town when I found out Ma Hank knew that masked man. But no, you wouldn't do it. (laughs) What are you laughing at, Inky? That picture scared old mutton chops even more than I thought it would. (laughs) I don't think the picture scared him half as much as meeting the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of The Lone Ranger Incorporated, created by George W. Trendle, produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of The Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Thank <laughs> you.